Welcome to Mind Your Own Retirement. It's from Your Life Choices website and e-newsletters. And coming up on this episode, we speak with Graham Hand from First Link about your finances. People don't match their portfolio with their goals. The very starting point of investing is not what shall I invest in, it's why am I investing? Dr. Harry Nespel and the president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners with some sage advice. If you really don't need to go out for the next little while, um, I'd really suggest that you stay at home and read that book that you always wanted to read and listen to the podcast. And we go travelling in a wellness way with Catherine Droger. Really that concept of what wellness travel is, it has broadened so much from that traditional feeling that it's about spas or a retreat, but it's much, much broader now. Welcome now, it's Kay Fallick and uh, me, John Deeks, for Mind Your Own Retirement and Interesting Times We Live In, my dear. Deeksy, it's good to see you. And you too. Sitting here so healthy and well. Yay, and let's all stay that way, please. Priorities. Who we got on the line? We have Graham Hand. Now, Graham's Managing Editor at First Link's newsletter and we are asking him about the three biggest investment mistakes. Yeah, Kay. Well, thanks for contacting me. What fascinating times we are in. Uh, You know, people should think about their investment lessons um, in a 20 or 30 year horizon. And so not wanting to focus on the short term, but clearly we're in a crisis at the moment with coronavirus. The market's down, you know, 30% in less than three weeks. So it's an interesting test for and the investment philosophies and lessons that people think they've they've learned. Graham, I remember when eighty seven occurred. Uh, I <laughs> I called my broker and said, "Sell everything." What an idiot I was. Yeah, and that's the issue, um, John. That uh, one of the big mistakes people make is they don't match their portfolio with the risk appetite. And so, when the market is rising and everything looks good. People say, oh, yeah, you know, I'll invest in uh, equities. And sure, there might be a bit of a setback. But people need to understand that these sort of corrections are actually more common than you would think. You're right about 87. And then we have the GFC. We had the tech crash. In fact, we get a correction, a, a big correction, bigger than this, at least once every 20 years. And it's only 12 years since the GFC. So my, my first sort of mistake that people commonly make is they don't match their portfolio with the risk appetite. So if people now are saying, oh, you know, I only had a million dollars to retire on and um, it's now worth $700,000 and they, they start to panic at that level. One of the reasons for that is their portfolio wasn't sufficiently diversified. And if they'd had some in in cash and bonds and other um, assets, then the portfolio might be down only 10 or 15% and they might feel a bit better. So what's the second biggest mistake, Graham? The second one is that I think people don't match their portfolio with their goals. The, the very starting point of investing is not what shall I invest in, as in should I buy BHP or Rio or Commonwealth Bank. It's why am I investing? And I think about, um, say, well, in the case of my 34-year-old daughter, she wants to buy a house. She and her husband are are madly saving. You know, she hopes to buy a house in the next couple of years. And 
I said to her a year ago, really all you can do with your money is leave it in cash. Because imagine here the $1 million deposit that um, she's spent 15 years accumulating was suddenly worth 700000 It totally compromises the property you can buy. So if your investment horizon is like that, only a couple of years, then you have to be conservative. Otherwise, you get hit by events like this. But if you're you know, 50 years old and you're saving for the next 30 or 40 years, then you can afford to take a bit more risk. And corrections like this, hopefully over time, will just appear as an unfortunate uh, blip on a steadily rising market. Oh, okay, so the third, the third and final mistake? The third one, I think, is that people also not only should focus on returns, but costs as well. And the great development in the market, which you would know, is it's very easy now to invest very cheaply. You know, you can buy um, an exchange-traded fund, which represents an exposure to the entire uh, market, for only seven basis points, that's 0.07% plus a little bit of um, brokerage. So that's almost free. Investing now in the last few years has become almost free. So if there's a fund manager who's charging you, say, 1% to manage your money, you have to be really comfortable that that fund manager is going to justify that cost. And let me just give you one number. If you'd invested $100,000 20 years ago, ignoring the last um, few weeks, that $100,000 would have grown at about 8% per annum and would now be worth about $500,000. But if you'd have had costs of just 1%, because of the compounding effect of that 1%, the final sum would be more like 400000 So although 1% doesn't sound very much, if you started with $100,000, you'd now have $100,000 less. So the third lesson is the one thing you can control is your costs. So keep your eye on those. And that's like uh, banking as well, isn't it? If you don't ask for it, you're unlikely to get it. So test, test your fund manager. Yeah. And look, um, the fund manager may um, offer different ways to access the funds, but you're absolutely right. If you're borrowing at the moment from um, from a bank at four or four and a half percent, you know, you're a phone call away from 2.8 percent. So why wouldn't you do that? Graham, wise and sage advice, certainly in these uh, exciting and interesting times of which we live. Um, take care. We're going to make sure that uh, on the Your Life Choices website, a link is to firstlinks.com.au for the free newsletter, and uh, we thank you for giving up your time today on Mind Your Own Retirement. Thanks, Kay. Thanks, John. And uh, let's hope the market recovers and everyone's health is good from here. Go, go wash your hands, Graham. Yeah, I'll go and wash them, yeah. Hello there. I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well-priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with Your Life Choices 
pension checker. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement. Kay Fallick, the publisher of Your Life Choices website and e-newsletter, and also me, John Deeks. Um, I don't know, what am I? Just, just hanging around, aren't I? Really You're can. our beloved co-host. You're very, very kind, <laughs> and we have somebody who is... Uh, beloved s- also. <laughs> very much so, and uh, he's not bored at the moment from the Australian College of General Practitioners. We have the president of such... Uh, Harry Nespelon on the phone right now. Harry, a very good day to you and thank you so much for giving up some time. Well, thank you for wanting to talk to me. Well, (laughs) do we want to talk to you? So, Dr Harry, we uh, have 230,000 members. We're now doing an afternoon PM update on COVID-19 and we wanted someone to be calm and rational. So, Especially as uh, so many of our members are uh, retired. 55 plus. Thank you. So what we've seen is every man and their dog jumping on social media and I believe you've got an opinion on this. Well, one of the problems that we have at the moment, especially if you look at the circumstances around or the particular circumstances around the coronavirus where we are sort of learning about it almost every day, getting the the truth, the, the correct information can be difficult or difficult to discern and so... We would suggest that social media is probably not the best place to get your health information from. In the current situation, we'd be suggesting that you do go to the Commonwealth Government website. I know it's not as easy to navigate as a lot of the social media sites, but it really does hold the the truth in inverted commas as as we know it at the moment. And so, as we've seen over the weekend, um, things really did change a lot. All the advice changed a lot from Friday to Sunday. And so the best place I would suggest to get that information is from the Commonwealth's website. Do you have any just basic sage advice you would give to uh, our members of Your Life Choices uh, to take care of their health and uh, look after themselves at this time? Look, it's really important uh, for your members to be careful because they're the ones who are most likely to run into serious problems if they do acquire the coronavirus. So if you are under 65, your chances of being really sick from the coronavirus is less than 2%. If you're over 75, it's about, you've got about a 15% chance of dying, which I hate to say. Um, and so if you, if you know that you're going out on a particular day and you might be even visiting your sons and daughters or grandchildren, if they're sick, I'd probably suggest that you delay that um, visit um, and if you really don't need to go out for the next little while, um, I'd really suggest that you stay at home and read that book that you always wanted to read and listen to the podcast. So, Dr. Harry, what about uh, physical fitness centres like gyms and so on? Um, you know, by the time we uh, release this podcast, who knows, Some they may have been shut, but... Yeah. Do you believe for people aged over 65 it's still okay to head down to the gym? Well, the thing about... Please say yes, that's me. Yes, yes. Look, I I think you still can go to the gym. I think I'd be focusing on social distancing, so make sure you do stay about a metre and a half away from your fellow exercisers. Um, And the other thing that I'd bring would be some uh, hand sanitizer with me so that if you are touching surfaces that you do clean your hands immediately afterwards. Be really particular about not touching your face while you're in the gym. Uh, Perhaps wash your hands thoroughly before you leave. And they're the sorts of things that I think you should be doing. 
And then if there is someone who is really you know, coughing their brains out in the um, in the gym, probably avoid them. Um, I'd even seriously think about leaving until they left. We do know that you need about a 60 to 70% um, alcohol content in your hand sanitizer to kill the virus. And I'd probably suggest that if you, if you don't have some hand sanitizer, you, you might seriously think about waiting until you do get some before you do go to the gym. So super careful at this stage. Absolutely, yeah. The less young that you are, the, the more likely you are to, to run into you know significant serious problems with the coronavirus. And so if it means that you have to do a couple of laps of the um, block rather than necessarily going to the gym, that's going to be much safer and you'll be certainly be able to go to the gym once the coronavirus uh, crisis is over. Oh, Harry, uh, thank you so much for that very important advice. And once again, if folks want to get the, the latest information, uh, go to the government website and uh, they will uh, be able to access uh, whatever is the latest update because, as we know, it's not day by day. It's pretty much hour by hour. And we are doing a special PM COVID-19 update every day. We're sending out a special e-news specific to older adults. So we'll be linking to Dr Harry from that as well. Um, I guess this is a very, very uh, important time, obviously, for your members to be getting the latest information as well. Uh, Dr. Harry is president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. How often are you sending out your emails or updates to your members? Uh, Well, our website is being constantly updated. Um, We're trying to send out an email every day to our members. Um, We're also getting emails from, depending on which state you're in, from from the local uh, state government and the Commonwealth are sending out two newsletters a week at the moment. So um, our members are getting lots of information. Um, our great hope is that it's all consistent. I wish I could ask you or get get a, an answer from you as when you think this is going to start to pull back and uh, we're going to you know come back from the precipice that we are now with this terrible situation. But you know who knows, right? That's correct. Um, look, we've still got the winter to go through and um, I would be saying to all your listeners um, as soon as the um, government releases the flu vaccinations um, make sure you get down to your GP and get your free flu vax because it's really going to make a huge difference especially this winter because we really would like um, to minimise the number of people with um, flu infections um, because they really will load the system up if we have a bad year. So um, so put it in your diary for the end of April is when the government said they're going to release their flu vaccination um, and get out and get it done. Harry, thank you so much for giving up your time on uh, Mind Your Own Retirement. Dr. Harry Nespelin, the President of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. You, sir, stay well and thank you for your sage advice. The bottom line, common sense. Absolutely. On Mind Your Own Retirement, about this time, Kay, we get itchy feet. Have you got itchy feet? I always want to go travelling, John. There's something sick about me. There's (laughs) nothing sick about you, but you've got to stay well. And we've got an an absolute, and I love the word expert, we do have uh, Catherine Droger on the line. She was with Tourism Australia for more years than she cares to remember, uh, but is now uh, head of the wellness tourism. In fact, uh, Catherine, welcome to you. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Tell me about your global company, just so we can get some of the uh, information right about what you're doing now after leaving Tourism Australia. Yeah, no 
no worries. So um, I have my own company, a global company called Droger & Co. And we do wellness and travel and tourism strategies for destinations and uh, operators worldwide. And also I'm the founder of Australia's first wellness tourism summit. So Catherine, here's the thing. We hear a lot about wellness travel, but could you define it for us? Yes, certainly. So Wellness travel is defined um, according to the Global Wellness Institute, which is a not-for-profit, awesome global think tank on research and insights in wellness in the US. And according to the Global Wellness Institute, wellness travel is anything that we do that um, maintains, enhances or kickstarts our own personal well-being on a travel experience. How wonderful, because I only seem to recall going to, like, the Golden Door or up to the hills in Victoria. Um, Warburton. Thank you, and looking after yourself up there. But, of course, now it's it's obviously, Catherine, a worldwide trend. Oh, absolutely. So, really, that concept of what wellness travel is, um, it has broadened so much from that traditional feeling that it's about just spas or a retreat, which is an incredibly valuable and important part of the sector, but it's much, much broader now. So when we talk about taking a wellness travel experience, for example, it could simply be that essence of wanting to um, immerse in a nature-based attraction, hiking, walking. Mm. Um, It could be mental wellness in terms of mindfulness, meditation. It can be just getting out um, and physically doing something that's great for your body. Um, So it's a very broad, broad definition now and the sector is now worth 639 billion dollars a year billion dollars <laughs> yes and, and i know I guess, in I guess we're not just talking about uh, walking uh, through spain or or the dolomites but uh, no. whether it could be uh, somewhere in australia uh, the beautiful tasmanian wilderness whatever Australia is probably one of our, you know, best known wellness travel destinations for uh, domestic travellers, for local Aussies, as well as international. So absolutely, you, uh, the benefit of wellness travel is that it can be, um, it meets your budget. It can be as simple as a walk in a beautiful national park. I live uh, south of Sydney, so the Royal National Park, or any of our beautiful um, nature-based areas across Australia. It can be as simple as that. It can be taking um, a kayaking trip fishing, um, anything that is, you know, working on your own sense of well-being and wellness to you. So it's a very personal thing. Catherine, it is personal and uh, it, it sometimes seems to be linked with people getting away, meaning people becoming solo tourists to pursue wellness. Is that how you see it or do you think it's a family thing or a couple thing also? So what we've done is um, I chair, a, um, as part of the Global Wellness Institute, I chair a research initiative that we're doing some work into this space. And one of the things that we've done is done a, a survey of over a 1,000 um, people globally with a lot of those in Australia. And wellness travel um, is you can do it by yourself, but there's a lot of people that like to take it as a family wellness trip or a couple's wellness trip. Um, so it's a very much a personal choice. And sometimes you might want to do a solo trip and then your next holiday or your next moment of travel and wellness might be with your entire family or with your husband or your wife. Catherine, let me get my head around this. So is it like, uh, do you have your own website which has specific trips which are wellness trips in inverted commas? Or if I say, look, I want to go to uh, to France and you say, well, within this trip, you can do this and this and this uh, for your 
wellness benefit? So basically what's happened in the industry at the moment is that um, there are specialist travel agents and online aggregators that are now selling wellness trips Uh based on what people are looking for, like pampering or retreats or adventure treks, all those sorts of things. Um, But also individuals are just deciding that they want to incorporate more and more wellness in their own holidays. So it doesn't necessarily have to be through a booked experience. Um, Your listeners can be just, you know, consciously organizing and planning wellness experiences as part of an existing trip around Australia or overseas. Um, And now more than ever, I think that's really important to embrace in our busy, busy world. So to put it in context of retirement for people on a fixed income, Catherine, you're saying this is not about expensive closed-door sanctuaries necessarily. This does not necessarily involve an airfare. You can do this yourself. Definitely. And I think that's what we're seeing as the bigger growth segment um, in the market is actually the wellness travel experiences, especially for your listeners if they're um, in that, that retiree perspective, it's around you know the journeys that they take when they want to take a trip, um, whether it's short or long, um, and it's how they feel inside. They want to look after themselves. You know, they they're at a time in their lives where they want to look after their own mental, physical well-being, and so it's just the opportunity to look at what are their passion points um, and how do they incorporate it into their next holiday. You've got a a summit coming up later in the year, Catherine. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're really excited. It's the first time that um, Australia has hosted a wellness tourism summit. And what that means is that we are um, running a two-day event in beautiful Noosa on September 3 and 4. And so anyone that works in the industry or is interested in this industry is welcome to join us for two days of global speakers that will be flying in to talk about the trends in wellness travel, how to deliver an exceptional wellness travel experience. Um, And so we'll have bars and retreats and national parks and psychologists and medical professionals and uh, media, everyone coming together to talk about John how to deliver. Okay. Write that date down then. John and I Third and 4th of September. <laughs> you know, for back. once, Kay, you can go to somewhere where you're going to come back feeling better than what you did when you got there. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be so beautiful. We even do wake up to wellness activities for our guests. Yeah, oh, you're not so going to make me eat mung, mung beans and have carrot juice all day, though. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we we no, can slip no, some no, vodka can... in there. Oh, look, we, we think wellness is a balanced life. Here, so there here. will be still a drink and but really beautiful, fresh produce and lovely, oh, lovely, awesome experiences in Noosa. Wonderful. Well, look, Catherine, is there some place that our friends who are listening to via Your Life Choices uh, can go to to find out more? Yeah, absolutely. We have a website called thewellnesstourismsummit.com.au and um, we have lots of uh, great sort of content around wellness travel and trends on that site as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to chat this morning. Well, once again, uh, it's been an interesting program, Kay, and uh, we've covered a few bases and certainly I, th- I believe you'd like to have a little chat about uh, with that wonderful Catherine interview we just did. Yeah, well, thinking about wellness, John, I'm thinking what 
is my form of wellness travel. Mm. And I think it's sand between the toes, mm. the smell of salty air, mm. and watching my dog running ahead down the beach. That's and beautiful. you know what? That's affordable. It is affordable. And walking through the, the beautiful Dandenongs or having yeah. a, a walk through the, the, the Blue Mountains and the, the gentle trails. The local park. It, it, the local park. Um, yesterday, I took a lovely walk through Faulkner Park. In it's Melbourne, a beautiful and park. just superb, mm. and there are just so many wonderful things you can do, and it not cost money. Yeah. Can I just also throw something in? Sure. You know how people are going nuts, and uh, you know you, they're rushing into the supermarket and sto- stocking up on cans of this and that. Mm. Uh, I went to my local fresh produce market in Paran, <laughs> and guess what? They had heaps of meat. Heaps of vegetables, heaps of fresh fruit, heaps of chicken, heaps of fish. So keep visiting the market. I mean, you know, what would mum and dad have done? They would have, mum would have made all the the food, you know. When they say it's a stock up with two weeks worth, I mean, obviously, if you're going to be in isolation, certainly. But, you know, there's such wonderful fresh fruit and vegetables available. Uh, From real people. From real people, yeah. Also, just a reminder, our special afternoon daily book. Bulletin. About what time does that come out? About 3.30, John. Okay, okay. So we're committed to being calm, sensible, rational and giving people the information that we receive from federal and state governments. All right. So uh, get away from all the clutter and all the noise. And my goodness gracious me, Kay Fallick, is there a lot of clutter and noise at the moment? Mm, I to, know. To the point where I'm just shutting it off. Constant It's not gossip. We don't. It's health. It's serious. We're not gossiping. Kay, thank you so much. Thank you, John. Have a lovely week, and we'll catch up next week. Always a pleasure. It's mind your own retirement from your life choices. We'll see you next time. reminder that Your Life Choices does not hold an Australian financial services licence and all content and discussion is of a general nature only.